This is Brett Leonard, Shannon Leonard, my son here, uh, doing what the F is the metaverse again. <laughs> Another episode. So much has been happening with oh my God. Altman it's, and OpenAI. Wow. That's it's amazing. an incredible moment in the all, you know, two accelerated incredible moments of AI development. Uh, we've, just, we've gone through the entire cycle, actually, since, um, because as of today, as of yesterday, this sort of cycle ended, but we have to talk about what really happened. Sam Altman was was fired by his board suddenly out of what seemingly was nowhere um, without any real detailed explanation at all. So that feels like there's things under the surface that aren't being talked about. I've heard <laughs> I've heard a lot of gossip and, and potential rumors that it had something to do with WorldCoin um, you know, there were financial aspects that no one's reported on, but then it also is, seems to be a philosophical difference between the board that was and now the board that is. And, you know, because Sam got reinstated uh, about 24 hours ago and, uh, you know, the, the headline in the New York Times is uh, AI, you know, capitalism uh, wins in AI or something like that. It's you know, actually AI belongs to the capitalists now. Like it never did. <laughs> I don't understand why they think it's only now that it belongs to capitalists. But yeah, I feel um, like you've always been saying how it, it's yeah, it's driven by that. On this yeah. podcast, we've talked about that. But yeah, it's but it's. I think it surprised everyone. Now he's back, and you know they're they're trying to get a new board put together. Exactly. Um, that yeah. will be more. I think with the. I think to that headline set. You know, t- mentions is it, it will be more control for microsoft and for you know these capitalist interests microsoft yeah. specifically i mean microsoft will probably get out of this with more control they had before yeah it, um, it, i mean just but be... it, it's important for 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 what we talk about on this podcast because this is a, a technology company that is the one of the, the fastest product ever to get to 100 million users it has 100 million users a week it's, it's pretty much changed the world within a year yeah um, in terms of uh, all different types of industries and he, Sam Altman was seen as this stable figure in the in, yeah, in the landscape, the, and then the within it, people really yeah, liked it, him. It, they liked what he had to say about it. He kind of had a yeah. balanced view. He would say he's a total optimist, and that he would also be a little bit pessimistic and be scared, and then come back to be optimist again. So he was kind of really walking this tightrope. And people were saying that this could be the end of OpenAI, which was mind-boggling because. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it's just like all of a sudden, it, this thing that was all about AI, this artificial intelligence, this technology actually came down to a human being that could right. leave the exactly. company yeah. and then destroy the company. Of course, Microsoft was going to potentially hire him. And yeah, there was going to be employees. Yeah, there were, over the last few days, there's already was going to be a Microsoft competitor to open AI that you know, Sam Altman was part of raising billions of dollars for. I mean, and and what, the first well, that was an came option. from Microsoft. The first billion came from Microsoft. Well, that um, was an option. I mean, it was a rogue. Inv- the, the yeah. Board of, one of the a few of the board of directors basically had a, this rogue. I mean, people are still asking, figuring out why this even happened in the first place. They're asking questions. The new CEO that they appointed told them like they had to tell them uh, tell tell him rather well, what the reason was for actually firing Sam in the first place, and they couldn't really give a clear reason. Um, and, and of course they didn't, it was it like you just mentioned at the top of the podcast, like it was probably to do with this ideological 
debate around yeah. safety versus acceleration is. Well, I think that's I think that's the thing. I think that's the public facing reason. I think there are financial business reasons that are under the hood. One of which is to be you know to play conspiracy theorist for a second. Look at what's happened in this short, sort of very fraught thing that got a lot of press coverage everywhere. Suddenly, it's all been pivoted towards Microsoft, towards capitalistic interests in a as opposed to the. It started, you know, OpenAI started as a nonprofit, and so it kind of was the sloughing of the skin of that initial era of, of OpenAI, which was came out of a nonprofit motive. Of course, I believe there was always the for-profit motive was there, uh, and it needed to be because they raised, you know, billions of dollars. So, you know, it's 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 interesting that it it almost feels like a piece of theater to me. Uh, I'm going to put that out there. I mean, some people may not think so, but I think that there is a bit of capitalistic theater going on uh, around this because AI is such a fraught subject matter of who's going to control it, what are the you know what are the downsides, what are the guardrails we need to have. Uh, it, it's going, you know, I mean, it's so apocalyptic on the negative side in terms of how people talk about it that you know you need kind of this dramatic thing to happen around it at these different junctures in order for, you know, for things to shift and change and transition. And so the fact that this transition happened so quickly, it's like a chiropractic adjustment, just crack, you know, and, and yet Sam's right back in there and the interests that were on the sort of more business side of things are much more entrenched. So if, yeah, well, you know, whatever, take your own, reason, make your own conclusions from that. But yeah, whatever the reason, it's true that Microsoft definitely came out winning and, and specifically Satya Nadella, the CEO, just navigated it brilliantly. Yeah. He did like a whole press tour doing it. I mean, but I mean, you know, I think brilliantly business wise, I'm saying that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The stock was when initially was kind of at risk and then it went yeah. skyrocketing when exactly. he did that interim announcement. Basically, he said, like, listen, Sam is, will either come to Microsoft and work for me or he'll go back to OpenAI and we will still be a, an investor in Microsoft and we're going to fix the board and now probably have a, a voice on the board, which they previously didn't have. Yes. Um, so Satya Nadella definitely came out as the, as the winner. Yeah. But I, I, I think just showed how this rock solid future of AI actually just came down to this human being, I think is so such an interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess, and, I guess the, the, I think you're the, that's your view from, your, you know, your generate my, older view is and there is business theater underneath that that has nothing to do with humans it has to do with numbers <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna know, bring well, the, that. well the, the board but, member i mean there was like 80 billion dollars worth of that that was going to be go up in smoke i mean that yeah. that the the board was very unexperienced and i think was part of this kind of effective altruism movement and the the two board members yeah. who were affiliated with effective altruism are now no longer a part of the board. They got kicked talk, off. Talk about that for a second, because effective altruism is sure not yeah. hand out the way people who started it wanted it to. I mean, given uh, Sam Bankman Freed and him being, you know, such a poster boy yeah. for effective yeah. altruism and guilty, coming, and, and the ruling just came in as yeah. he was guilty on all. I know one of the biggest cons or the biggest con in history. Um, you know, so effective altruism now has this sort of purging that happens at OpenAI. I mean, it's, it's well, because, because 
you know, it might have not even been about the money. Like to to as a counterpoint to what you're saying, it actually may have been as simple as it was just humans are 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 messy and and and, and why yeah, it's always and, 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 and the, the <laughs> no, but they the effective altruists they don't they actually didn't have any stake in OpenAI and they literally are just scared about the power of what Sam Altman just announced at this Dev Day, where he announced this. Uh, a lot of different things, but one of them was GPTs that are customizable yeah, yeah. by anyone. Anyone can create these GPTs and then share them in. We, we should talk about that. Yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah, because, because I think people are very confused by that. Uh, I was confused by it initially when I looked at it, and I actually am, you know, out there working with AI. So if I'm confused, a lot of people are confused. It's been a huge, huge announcement that has been, but basically could be as as consequential as the app store was like the, right. the the original apple app store he's basically trying to make that except for customized ai chatbots or experiences and allow right. anyone allow anyone to build an ai chatbot that's customized and using natural language so you don't even know how to right it. it's kind of like building your own app of of gpt for to do what you want it to do specifically, right? Beyond that, customize it to act in the way that you want it to, to have the knowledge that you right. want it to, even to even Which, connect to APIs and do things if you know how to code at that level. But in the in the near term, even if you don't know how to code, you can make you can, for example, turn it into a character from your movie. Like if you're a filmmaker, you can yeah. have one of the characters in your movie upload the entire script to your custom GPT that is almost something that you yes. have control over. Right, because yeah. you only your GPT can have that custom IP that you've uploaded to it, and then right. they're they're going to create a store where you can sell your GPT on that store. Now they're still figuring out the monetization of that. Initially, they're just going to give people money, uh, yeah. basically how the based on usage. But eventually, you're going to be able to sell GPTs that you make using the system. Yeah, um, similar similar to how you create an app, but you won't have to know how to code. You can you can just right. make it into. Well, no, and I think this will be amazing for entertain, entertainment use cases for yeah. so many use cases. The need to the need to know how to code is going away with AI. I think one of the main things that you know people talk about the displacement of humans out of the equation. Probably one of the main things that that world there'll be displacement. Something that's been so hugely valued over the last era, coding skills, coding talent. That's going to be really left in the realm of the AI because it does it so well. It's yes, yeah. it it already does it. I mean, many of the coders I'm working with uh, at at the company that I'm part of it, are utilizing it all the time and have been for this whole past year from the very beginning. And I've seen what is possible with it, and it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing what it does now, let alone where it's going. Um, you know, uh, and in terms of you know this the idea you talked about with. Uh, you know, creating a an a, a focused uh, AI I, experience, a focused AI experience, like for storytelling, like when you're you know one of your characters could actually have the knowledge of the script in his uh, yeah his virtual brain, and uh, you know that's actually a, a, a project uh, is very similar to that that I'm working on with the ETC at the USC uh, USC uh, and the university, university. But now that's democratized. That's, yes, and that and that's amazing. I mean, that I mean, yeah. first of all, first of all, that's so cool that you're doing that. And we we well, should talk more doing, about what yeah, we're doing, doing, but it's an the fact that now that's democratized and that anyone can make a GPT for anything that was such a powerful idea that it scared some of these board members so much <laughs> that they yeah. literally did a coup 
yeah. against Sam Altman, and then now he's back. But like that was rumored to be. Now we're not. This isn't confirmed, but that announcement was rumored to be one of the reasons why some of the board members got so scared for effective altruism reasons, saying that this is right. You know, moving. Yeah, I think they thought. I thought. I think they thought saw that as a betrayal um, by Sam Altman. I, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They saw. They saw it. They saw him. You know, going in a direction suddenly that was so much about monetizing selling and, things, you know, selling things to the more the most people possible. Um, you know, the thing we're doing, uh, which is called the Universal Character Module Project, which is still stealth, so this is a kind of top secret thing, is an open source format for doing uh, creative work with as writers, writers or writers rooms uh, in the context of creating emergent narrative characters uh and environments and it's uh it's really fast oh, cool. i mean because there's no rules this is it's it's such an open thing yeah we're we're using claude uh right now which is the uh, entropics yeah. uh you know ai and and loving that that version of ai a lot for a lot of which they just updated they just ex- they just uh doubled the context window of claude to compete with gbt4 turbo yes yeah yeah i saw that that's uh yeah because they kind of which, both uh, yeah. they upped uh, one up, then the other up, the other up. So, which for anyone for, for anyone listening was wondering what a context window is, we might have explained yeah. it. Yeah, previous pilot, but it's it's like a short term memory for right. these systems. So you know, of course, there's a large language model. They can create. They can have. You can have conversations. You can have it generate text, generate media. Yeah. Um, but then also, you can upload something into its context window or even for example your whole conversation you're having with it in any given thread will be in its context window which is a short-term memory but that's powerful because you can allow you could for example upload a book you can upload a book to gpt4 or claude yeah exactly uh, and 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 then you can talk to claude and give you give it talk about the book and it'll actually remember specifically literally yeah you can literally talk to it in the in the context of the canon of the book and the canon of the story uh, you could, you know, if you create a, and the, and finally, you know, following canon in, in the context of storytelling or story worlding, as I sometimes call it, is very, uh, very important. And, and, you know, one of the things we talked about on an earlier podcast about AI was this idea that large language models are going to become focused language models, or small language models. This is really what that, what you're talking about is that happening. It's happening in a very interesting way. This idea of context, the idea of creating your own specialized, uh, you know, chat GPT that allows you to do specific things. Again, it's focusing this giant tool that kind of boils the ocean, you know, uh, into a, into something that does very specific things very well. And uh, I think that's that really is the beginning of true operability for, for this tool for many, many, many people. Um, and, and, you know, for me, the most amazing thing about this is this democratization of it from the very beginning i mean what what technology has ever come into culture instantly almost for everyone it's like it would be imagine if at the beginning of the you know the uh internal combustion engine everyone got a car right away <laughs> i mean, that, I mean no that would create huge problems because there wasn't highways made yet and all kinds of things so is there an equivalent are those equivalent problems out there because we're giving this to everyone? I think maybe that's one of the things the board was was concerned about. Um, and maybe they were right. Maybe they'll be proven right in the long term. You know, we'll see. I mean, it's it's uh, it's hard to know exactly where 
this is going to go, what the, what the what the sacrifices will be, what the 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 knock-on effects will be uh, in such an acceleration that's so democratized so quickly. It's never, it really has never been anything like that before. Uh, yeah, history. All the other technologies have sort of seeped into culture, starting in certain you know economically determined areas, and 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 then you know bleeding down into. Uh, into all the areas of culture for, you know, even, you know, airline travel, another example, you know, all these things that really shift the human experience and the interaction of humans. This is like, okay, everybody, you got it on, you know, if you have a computer, if you have the internet, boom, you've got this. And that, that, that uh, there's no precedent. Uh, and one of the other things, imagine if everyone had, you know, NASA tech, you know, NASA technology came out, allowed us to go to the moon in the 60s. Every, let's say everyone was given NASA technology. Well, the truth is everyone does have NASA technology. They have it in their pocket. The computer power of, you know, a, a smart device is, you know, millions of times bigger than what NASA used to get to the moon. So, you know, it's... And now it's just accelerating. I mean, one of the things that I think is scared some of the, you know, some of the people who want to slow down the pace of development. And again, the entire staff, the all the employees of OpenAI stood by Sam Altman. And that's why he's back is because they yes. basically said he's actually, we want to we want to go in the direction he's going because he, he is actually fairly balanced from at least my perspective with he, he talks about the risks. He talks about why he's doing it. And one of the reasons he said he wanted to you know, release GPTs was to help people to help prepare the world for what it's going to be like in an agent driven future where yes. you have agents doing things for you. And so this is just kind of a first version. But I think one of the things to your point about how fast this is happening uh, is he said next year at their next developer conference, what they release this year will look quaint. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. The, most things, again, incrementally improve. Even, you know, how many improvements did it take for the iPhone? And, you know, the iPhone was in incremental improvement. I mean, this is not incremental improvement, which no, really no. speaks to maybe we should slow down. Maybe we should really consider this again. Maybe the the concerns of that initial board that have now been thrown out of their ear, maybe maybe they were the wise ones. Uh, and we'll consider that in the but here's the thing, though. But it, in a world where anyone can take one of these large language models and actually have it decentralized on a laptop for example yeah, yes and you can you can build your own large language model if you have a pretty powerful computer yeah you know larger than a laptop what i'm saying is like there's whether there's the bad actors that are out there whether they're multinational or just individual they yeah. can create and they are, are going to push forward on ai technology no matter what no matter so, what and it's, so that's why we it, yeah it's, after it's already like in china Right. So, and that's why we yeah. want Sam Altman. That's why we want someone like Sam Altman who is well, doing it in a way that is responsible. And and who knows? I'm looking. I'm not. Well, you're singing. You're does. singing from the American capitalist handbook. I got to tell you. <laughs> I mean, you are. You're basically. You know. And I'm not saying that necessarily wrong. I am a capitalist as well. I'm I'm in business in America. And as you know, one of the most maligned uh, presidents of all time, Hoover, Hoover said, the business of America is business. And they're going to do an investigation. And, I, you know, and I'm not saying that Sam Altman is some kind of saint or anything. Let's go back to his history. He, you know, is someone who is not a coder himself. He, he basically did a cursory study of AI, uh, isn't an expert in that himself. He is really a classic, you know, founder of this founder startup era. 
Um, and, you know, because he, he, he was one of the creators of Y Combinator. And for those of you who don't know what Y Combinator, Y Combinator was a was a uh, investment accelerator and Excel was called an accelerator for startups to get, you know, startup businesses going specifically in the tech space. And Y Combinator had its share of controversies and its share of uh, both, you know, uh, supporters and detractors. Uh, so he comes from a very, you know, strong entrepreneurial background um, that, and, you know, the term entrepreneurial can mean a lot of things and be a euphemism for a lot of things as well. So, um, you know, we should, this area, this- But he's also very well liked in Silicon Valley. Well, I think, and look, he, I think, I think he's, he's very, very well liked. Smart. And yeah. compared to a lot of, compared to, and look, I, I'm not trying to say I, I endorse, you know, any kind of, I mean, there's, everyone is a human being and they have their, yeah. their flaws for sure. But at the same time, of the, of the CEOs in Silicon Valley, I think he's one that is almost sort of a role model for how to act ethically how to build well, company. at least to talk uh, about acting ethics. See, I look. Yeah. Look, I'm in show business, everybody. So I, I'm always going to be get at this from the jaded show business uh, guy standpoint, which is, you know, he's he was very smart in how he would, essentially, what used to be called talking out of both sides of his mouth. He would he would basically be like, this is you know something that's going to be very positive. We need to allow it to accelerate. You know, supporting kind of the you know the business expansion philosophy of AI. And then he would always couch that with a little frosting, with some frosting of, but we've got to be really careful and we've got to, and, and in me looking at all of his interviews and talks, I, I sense that that's showmanship. I sense that for, he's, he's basically very smart about, but people don't want to hear just being positive about AI. They also want to hear, you know, that there should be some guardrails. And, and, and the truth is, I believe there really should be some guardrails. I really believe that we do have to be very aware of what the negative potentials are. And, you know, there's, you know, the guy Hickman that we just talked about recently uh, that you were talking about with my dad, um, you know, who is one of the, called the godfather of neural networks, one of the godfathers of AI. And, you know, he's been in it for his whole life. He's in his seventies now, and he's sounding the alarms. Uh, and probably one of the well, most credible yeah. people to sound. But he, the, he's know. an example of the, you know, the AI doomers, and and th there's a there's a small group. Yeah, but he was in it for 50 years. I mean, yeah, no, for sure. But th but there's but there's scientists who will say different things on things like climate change. Right, you can find scientists that will say that climate change doesn't exist. Yes, the the actual truth. But if you look at the overall, you know, uh, the the full perspective of scientists by and large. The majority of scientists say that it does exist, right? So you have to yeah. look at what most of the scientists are saying. And right now, you know, for example, uh, the 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 Godfather of AI. I mean, I, I think that's I think he's one of the key people. Well, when they call the out, know. he's called. I mean, yeah, yeah. But but people. but there's a lot of people involved. There's a lot of people involved. In yeah. Space and and he did a he did a sixty minutes, um, you know, uh, thing and and was was but but. Uh, it's interesting because it kind of shares one side of it where if you if you look at the broader picture of AI researchers, it's a lot more mixed. It's usually like 50% of researchers say there's a 10% chance that it'll lead to some kind of existential um, outcome. You know, it, right. it's this kind of thing. And that's just one study. There's other studies done as well. But yes, there is concerns with AI safety. But overall, what, what Sam Altman sees is that the actual best way 
of figuring out how to harness this and use it is to is to build yeah, out better than anyone else. Have a lot of people it, use it, yeah. That and that and that too. Yeah, first of all, build it better than anyone else, and yeah. have a lot of people testing it in real time. They don't just release it to the world like you know totally <laughs> without any guardrails. They have a lot of guardrails on. Oh, it. No, Elon, I know. Elon I Musk. Elon Musk like has yeah. They have to train. Yeah. They have to train these things to not be incredibly insulting to you. Um, I mean, there's. No, I know. know. And that's part of the the GPT gets very like extreme very quickly if they don't put those guardrails in before it's released. I mean, that's something I think it hasn't been really reported as deeply as it should be, um, because there is a lot of work that goes into sculpting. Yeah, yeah, sculpting, and and they're usually underpaid. Yeah, usually underpaid, and they and it's this really hard task of like trying to refine the models and and it's yeah. people around the world being paid a couple dollars you yeah, know and maybe like maybe in, their, in a way yeah and and having to endure like these really intense outputs from these large language models to, but then trying to train it to not say to not say those, those things yeah things that are that are to, to not know. jump to not see racism in three sentences <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it literally starts to happen which is interesting i mean there's so many things about one of the most fascinating things to me about ai is how the development of it is mirroring human consciousness, both individual human consciousness and group consciousness. And that there are some things about it that are really quirky, just like there are major quirks in human consciousness that you go, why is that happening? It doesn't quite make sense. It just is, you know? And, you know, one of the things in listening to one of the interviews with Hickman that I was contemplating was this idea of, you know, sentience, the idea that uh, is the machine self-aware or not? Well, can we actually prove that we are self-aware? That, Or is it really, are we just playing out a program thing? And of course, there's whole religious movements over the, over the centuries that have been based on either predestination or uh, free will, you know? So there's, there's always been this theological concern around are we actually just a predestined mechanism in God's, you know, chess game or not. So if, if, and what I'm saying is if a, an AI thinks it's sentient, then it is. If it, you see, I'm saying there's no way to come outside of that and prove it uh, with, with another control group. You know, it's, it's something really interesting. That it's how we, how we would measure actual sentience is something I think no one could come up with a, straight answer for not even for ourselves let alone machine ai so you know we're building a mirror of ourselves that works incredibly faster than we uh, than our brain works so that's not quite yet i mean and that's when when it does work faster than our brain then we'll have reached agi which is what well no no it does certain no it does certain things much 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 more efficiently and faster than we can do it you know it's getting numerical. Well, numerical, yeah. no, numerical calculations and things that that a human, an individual human, can't do. Uh, the AI already does. So there, there are things that are, yeah, there, it already has superhuman powers along many, many, many lines. Yeah, it's not it's interesting general. because actually AI is actually bad at doing the the numerical calculations because the the way generative AI works, it's actually really bad at math, and they've been trying to get it to be better at math because it, it will come up with random outputs. Now, to your point. A calculator, just computers, which is not, which is different, yeah. you know, which is like a subset of AI. Like there's yeah, yeah. basic computing, 
And basic computing allows us to calculate math. And, That's what I'm saying. I mean, basic computing can do this, thing. this next level. Yeah. And AI is uh, and- on top of basic computing. So yeah, there you know it is it is doing things, and, and Hickman talks about this. He talks about this. You're creating something that does things much, 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 much faster and more efficiently than human beings can in certain areas, and that will become yeah, yeah, for sure. more and more generalized. And so, given that, there is something kind of crazy about that. Of course, one of the things recently that someone brought up is like the fact that AI will be what is coding AI. Because yeah. again, coding, you know, human coding is pretty much going to go by the way of, you know, ancient calligraphy from, from the Abbey, uh, with the monks on the hill, you know, it's, it's going to be, uh, that kind of skill when the machines are going to be doing that, the AI is going to be doing it. So the AI will be creating another version of AI that is a mirror of itself. And so, yeah. And you can already do that now with the, with the GPT feature, if you have, yeah, uh, you know, ChatGPT Plus, you can actually do that. You can talk to it with natural language, and then in the back end, the AI will code the AI chatbot. Yeah, exactly. that, and you can interact with. I mean, it's, think about that. I think that's all, really powerful. I mean, that's a really, really powerful. I mean, this yeah. is stuff that we only talked about in science fiction le- a, a year and a half ago, and then it's and, been and a year that's why, just yeah, that and that's why I think it's still spinning my head. Uh, well, <laughs> Totally, but and, and that's why I, I I do think more and more of the I don't know this group the, the effective accelerationists, which I don't know if that we should kind of create these like necessarily like tribal thing, but I, I think there is a point to this idea that accelerating is can actually be a net positive and allow us to figure out in real time what the what the dangers are, what the risks are, be thoughtful about it, still not just like do go you know blindly well, into the fog, but but accelerating in a way that allows us to actually improve our lives and 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 guide it towards that. Yeah. Um, well, and, and yeah, I think there's an it, there's like a whole movement. What's funny though is like people are there's like a whole movement around it on like uh, on Twitter and now called X, of course, and other places right. where it's like you put in your bio like uh, E A A C and like effective ultra, uh, acceleration. Yeah. Uh, and so there's these like tribes forming around it, which I think is interesting. And I'm yeah. personally. I I yeah uh, I I just sort of watch it. <laughs> I sort of just I observe it um, and see see what's happening, and I want to tell stories about it and create media about it. And as as a as a storyteller, as you are, and a, like a, a media producer, I see so much possibility for using these tools to oh, yeah. create amazing new things. Well, we're both using them um, in and extreme ways. At the right same now. time. At the same time, all the things that you know you're talking about as well, like the the risks and what Jeffrey Hinton talks about, like I know that 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 is that is something that is 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 something to is well, important it, to talk it, about. It, like we need to have those conversations, but at the same time, like let's have those conversations while also figuring out ways to 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 make it work and to benefit all of humanity. Yeah, well, it, it comes with something like AGI. It, it comes it, like that comes off of the sort of Silicon Valley axiom of fail fast. You know what you you grew up in you grew up in that startup culture you know steve jobs was was a was an icon during your yeah. childhood and that fail fast idea uh and i think there's a lot of that behind the accelerationists because it seems to it's a, it's almost a dogma that's happened about how you can achieve success you know um very big success how can you become a uh you know unicorn in this new you know tech startup world we're in uh, will fail fast. That's that was one of the things that obviously came out of uh, 
you know, Zuckerberg was one of the progenitors of that. But it just, it's, I wonder if that actually does apply to this. Not that I'm, I, I pretty much am a person that's part of the acceleration. I'm, I'm you know, using it in everything I'm doing. Uh, it's affecting almost all my work on all levels, whether it be in my company, Ubiquity VX, about virtual healthcare or in the area of, of entertainment uh, storytelling or story worlding. And that's so I but at the same time, there's a little nibbling thing in the back deep part of my mind going, is this going to be OK? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just and I yeah. think. I think if you're a human at all about this, I mean, you've got to have that that noogling doubt about this because so many things that have come into culture very rapidly, like mass transportation, which happened fairly quickly in the Industrial Revolution, these things, they change everything so much. And, the, and there's been drastic, in some ways, cataclysmic consequences um, to those things. You know, there's been cataclysmic consequences to the internal combustion engine. There's been cataclysmic consequences to, uh, you know, chemical, uh, you know, uh, manufacture and, and the, there's been cataclysmic consequences to agribusiness and how that creates our food, all kinds of things that also create positive things, very positive things, uh, that have allowed people to live better, longer, richer lives. Um, so, you know, it's not all on the doom side at all, but this feels like it goes to the equation of the human soul. And I think that's why it's so much stronger. And of course, it's been, it's been depicted that way in all kinds of, you know, storytelling, science fiction, literature, and cinema, uh, you know, for a very long time, primarily in a dystopian framework and genre. And so I think that the fact that this goes to the essence of who we are, because the essence of what AI is, very connected to the essence of what we are. And there are major questions we still have about why are we here? What are we doing? What is the idea of life and existence really about? What is consciousness? These are core questions that humans grapple with and always have. And AI is is the, probably the, the most pertinent technology to those questions ever created. Um, and so that mirror, the fact that it's giving us this giant mirror both individually and culturally and from a consciousness standpoint and a, and a cognitive you know uh, standpoint of physiology you know just the idea of how we learn all of these things that that relate to these bigger questions philosophic questions i think that's something that's just very unique in the context of this particular technology it's not really we've never really faced this before um, you know, we, we, in a sense, you could say, I'm going to of course, I'm talking from as a dramatist and as a storyteller here, we've created a version of God that is becoming, you know, super prescient. Um, and the idea of, you know, humans creating their own gods has always been part of culture. It's, you know, people could say all of religion is that, but this is in a way closer to a religion in some ways than just a kind of mechanistic thing. Well, and there's reporting, you gotta, you, uh, you'd love this because th there's reporting that has come out over the weekend around how there is sort of this religious culture inside of OpenAI. And specifically the detail that came out was there is some kind of gathering they had where everyone was chanting 
feel the AGI. Feel the AGI. Whoa. Feel the AGI. Yeah. Okay, that's creepy. I'm going to put it in the movie. <laughs> feel the AGI? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's ask the question, what exactly does AGI feel like to you? <laughs> Let's ask that question, shall we? I mean, I don't know. I think it's going to be different for everybody. Um, you know, there's there's people that would want their AGI to do all kinds of things and maybe feel them, let alone them feeling it. But that gets to all other area of human nature that we won't uh, we won't verve into right quite now. Well, but, uh, well, everything everything you've said is is you know is it, it shows that especially with Sam Altman leaving the and then coming back to the company because we we you know there was the entire employees and, and then the whole tech industry as a whole basically said like, no, we need you to go back. It really showed how important humans are in the AI process. And like, it's it just like the someone who's making a piece of media with an AI tool and being, you know, responsible with the way they're doing it, not, you know, just ripping off an artist, but like using it to create something new and, yeah. and something original, just like that, that, that output would not exist without the human Similarly, the AI itself, like the whole company of OpenAI actually just came down to this one person that everyone sees as the, the person that's heralding in this next generation yeah. of yeah. well, well super intelligent shows, technology. It just shows and it's, we're, still, yeah. and we're still in an era of human charismatic leadership. Which some and also way. specifically with the technology, like everyone was saying, oh, this is the end of OpenAI all of a sudden, even though the technology still worked just the same. The only thing that changed was that Sam was no longer at the company. And for at least yeah. those few days. Yeah. And so it just struck me as very interesting that like, even though we're putting all of this, you know, yes, you know, we're talking especially around like, is it going to replace humans? And I don't I don't think it, it, this is like another example of like, yes, I think there will be a lot of jobs that will potentially go away. And that will be a, a really hard thing to deal with. And there's going to there's be, gonna be massive, in, yeah. massive economic ramifications. I mean, let's yeah. Yeah. be honest. Let's be honest. This is going. Yeah, it happened at the at the industrial revolution. It happened in the information era. I mean, and this is going to be probably the most extreme version of that kind of disruption of people, especially with AGI and attrition. And but here's the thing: what do we want to be as humans? That's see, this is the thing that AI focuses us on more than almost any other technology. What do we actually want to do with our time? What do we do? We want to be ditch diggers still? Do we want to make well, we'll find new jobs? Yeah, we, I mean, find new jobs. I mean, don't we really want the robots to do that? I do. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not saying that the people that have had those jobs their whole lives and for generations have not done useful and and wonderful work because they have. They've been part of creating civilization as we know it. But is that really the evolve where we're evolving to no i believe we're evolving to something that's about true imagination true expression of of the human uh experience and the human mind and the human imagination is really the best term for it i think there will be an imagination economy something that is much yes, more connect yeah. and you know in a way like hollywood that i've grown up in you know is a, is a weird little tiny microcosm of this idea of an imagination economy now, a very flawed one, for sure, uh, but that's why it's so attractive to everybody, because don't you want to just go and, like, imagine things and play? I mean, that's kind of what, you know, I've 
I've been able to be, I've been blessed to be able to do in my life. Well, you know, I'm playing things with cameras and with actors and, and special effects and all these things. It's it. And that imagination empowerment, which comes out of technology is now becoming truly democratized, which, you know, we've talked about the creator economy and the thing, how that, you know, these things really kind of connect together. Uh, just like we've talked about how this idea of the quote unquote metaverse is really the connection of many different things, but really the hub of all those things is AI. A AI is yeah. the hub. Yeah. Well, I've been, it's been, I've been thinking too, while I was the imagination economy. The yeah. imagination economy is a great way. I mean, because I've been thinking about like imagination is the one thing that's sort of left as, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, and there's, there's other things too. I think giving AI goals and validating certain outputs along the way, like yeah. validation, goal setting, but imagination is a huge one. And, and, and that is going to be its own. I mean, look, I think one in three Americans used to be in the farming industry at one point in America. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's not the case anymore because oh. farming was automated by technology. Yeah. And, we exactly. now actually, what did we do? We actually made, we grew more food than ever before. Um, and, and, and we have so other people found other jobs and we, you know, so we're going to find it, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be very difficult in the transition potentially. Hopefully I mean, not. Look, the attrition, but, you know, attrition is yeah. going to be radical. Nutrition is yeah. going to create wars. The attrition is going to create, I mean, that's, this is human history folks. I mean, it's just the nature of the pendulum swing of this stuff. And, and there's going to be a lot of attrition, but that's why people talking about, you know, universal basic income and these ideas are really talking about the core of the issue here, which is what are humans going to do when we have AI and robotics? I've been actually, you know, working with, uh, with the robotics company. Um, very interesting, very interesting what it, they're able to do now. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, talk about things like, you know, fast food work. Not that I think fast food is a good thing overall. Uh, don't eat it myself, cat, because I'm, a, you know, type 2 diabetic. So if I do that, I die. But, uh, you know, there's 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 aspects of the you know, the human work that's been out there that will not be done by humans. You just won't. I mean, you can see if you, if you see the technology now it's developing, you, you'll extrapolate it. You know, yeah, it's already happening. I mean, sweet green for if you want to eat a salad, uh, the salad yeah. version of that is sweet green. It has a whole. Uh, they bought a company like that's an AI food prep. Uh, sorry, not yeah. robot, robotic, robotic, robotic food prep, prep yeah. uh, that also leverages AI as well, and and they're going to roll that out in more places like over time. And yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's it's a wild world. I mean, th then there's the net extension. This is one. Maybe this is something we can. Uh, and on is this new trend of wearable AI pendants and 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 pins like the humane AI pin just launched, which yep. is something that it's a little computer slash phone that you wear. A lot of people are making fun of it. It's like seven hundred dollars and you have to get a different phone number and you have to talk to it. But at, at the same time, there's another group of people who are saying, oh, this is a evolution of what technology will be after phones. Like you don't want to be looking at your phone so much so you can have an AI assistant that you wear that you can interact with. And then there's another version of that, um, which is just something that's at least listening to you all the time. And then you can interact with the knowledge graph of your life. Yo, that's, um, you know what? That's a whole other, yeah. 
podcast. I want to get into that in a whole other podcast because there's a lot of things to say about that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There is a lot. There is a lot. Maybe we should save that. Yeah. We'll save that we'll for save the next that. one. We'll save that for the next one. Uh, one, one thing that I wanted to just as a uh, little capper story. So, you know, there's this this automated taxi company called Waymo, which was is connected to, is owned by Alphabet, the company that owns Google. Yeah. And uh, they're driving all over the place around here. They have the spinning LiDAR on top. Uh, it's a laser, yeah. you know, scanning uh, system. And it, but, but, but what's very indicative of the moment we are in with AI, because those are AI-driven cars, right? But right now, there's a human safety driver in every single one of them. <laughs> so there's- But not in San Francisco. But really? San Francisco. I, I know, I know. But, but here, there's- They're training. I go around- Yeah, that's, the, that's just because they're car. training it. There's a human sitting there going. Dum, 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 dum. Well, that's because they're trading it. They're trading it, and they have to have that just for the first phase uh, yeah. when they're rolling out in a new city. So they actually have fully uh, driverless cars with no people in them in San Francisco and in I believe and there's been, Austin, Texas. There's been um, some, there's been some press about that recently where we'll, they've we'll, gotten in the way of of emergency services. If you see that, yeah, up. yeah, but but yeah, yeah, but it, the, the the pro course because. But the, you don't talk about the all the drunk drivers and all. No, the, no, you know, we do. That's what I'm saying. There's, but I, saw I don't the think catac- the, not, the cataclysm. It doesn't get as much press though. But it doesn't get as much press. Like they're it, the, the press definitely is is kind of against these these companies because they you know. But at the same time, look, I, I don't think it's called to quote a bad name, rage against the machine. <laughs> Basically, is that yeah? Like I get it. I totally. I yeah. get it. I get but, it. But there's a lot of actual stats on how autonomous driving is going to help save lives. Oh, it's going and to how I, you know, I totally humans I totally, are not reliable already. Yeah. That oh. the Waymo systems that are driving are actually outperforming human drivers by and large. And yes, there are a few tragic incidents and things that happen. But unfortunately, the roads are dangerous as they are. You know, like there's, oh yeah, there's oh there, yeah, there's we it's the most dangerous things we do. It. The most dangerous thing. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely an interesting conversation to be had there. And I'm not saying I'm I know the correct answer to how it should happen per se. Right, but right. It, it is interesting. I mean, I think Cruise actually just stopped the the competitor to Waymo. Cruise actually had to stop all of their cars because they had an incident that happened and they got some press about it, even though it wasn't directly their fault. It was actually a hit and run that a human driver did. And then their car was involved in it as well. And it was like it dragged someone. Um, and, and it was, you know, they got, so they actually paused all of their cars. So it's still happening very slowly. Like it'll stay slow as these systems roll out. Yeah. Um, But it's just funny to see these Waymo cars and then a guy just sitting there, a woman sitting there going, twiddling their thumbs as the car hopefully drives itself. Anyway, it's, it's just indicative of kind of the, the dichotomy we're in at this still moment, even with the acceleration that's happening, we still have a uh, dichotomy going on with you know humanist aspects of it so uh we got i guess i guess we could take some comfort in that for the brief moment we have it um anyway that's yeah. it. this has been a great conversation thanks shannon i it's always great to to do this with you and uh it's definitely a, a time of tremendous evil and uh as always i love you son i love you too and we'll we'll save those topics for next time and if you haven't subscribed yet subscribe for more episodes if you want to give us a rating five star ratings really help our five star rating please please absolutely thank you so much for telling your friends about what the f is the metaverse and special thanks to greg leonard for the theme music thanks bro